0: Episode of Red Voices, thanks for joining us. Ewan and Paul on hand with the second of our retrospective episodes, focusing on one of Manchester United's most notable foes. City got the treatment last week, so now it's Chelsea's turn. We take a look back at some classic games, cut finals, and recall those seminal years under Jose Mourinho. You know, un- for Chelsea, not for United, because I don't think we could necessarily call those years seminal, really, could we, Paul?
1: No, not really. Going back over some of these and in- the old memory bank, it just really hits home how box office Mourinho was when he first came to Chelsea for that first stint and we've had some <laughs> yeah, crackers yeah. against him, haven't we? You know, it's it's really you know, mm. some some stinkers but some crackers as well, so
0: Yeah. How you doing anyway?
1: I'm alright, thanks mate, yeah. Just uh, a bit bored of a lockdown, but you know, can't really complain.
0: You okay? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. I mean, I'm looking forward to actually watching some Bundesliga for the first time in quite some time, to be honest. I mean, normally in my life, I've got the energy or the focus to watch United, and that's kind of about it, unless there's some good Champions League games going on. But at the minute, just shove it all down my gullet. I'm all up for just watching Kaiserslautern versus any Frankfurt team you can think of. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I guess before we get started as well, there's not too much to update on in terms of the Premier League. It looks like they're pushing for a start next month.
1: Yeah. It's looking that way.
0: Players and managers were finally consulted this last few days or so and their thoughts seem to be they've got plenty of questions that need uh, answering, which is fair enough, considering this is a contact sport in the middle of a pandemic that spreads virally. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I I guess at the minute we just sort of suck it and see. I mean, what are your feelings on the idea of football arriving back next month, especially as it's going to come with some huge caveats and differences to what we used to?
1: Yeah, I mean, I still can't really get my head around how they're going to do it um, I mean, I know they're talking about testing players regularly and turning your face away when you make a tackle or whatever um, I, yeah, I mean, we sort I'm going to sit my neck
0: out here I don't think that bit's going to work
1: I don't think it's going to work at all I mean it's you know it's a very very contact sport um, and it, you know we said on the last pod with the City one that you know a lot of players are probably going to feel justifiably quite scared about returning Um but I guess it's certainly from a fan's point of view, it would be great for football to return. Although we won't be in the stadiums, I would, I would imagine. Um, right now, it still just seems it seems quite a long way away. Still, you know, it's, but not quite as long, not quite as long as the last game. It's just like this weird sense of time at the moment. Um, that I can't really get my head around. But. Uh, no.
0: Yeah. that's another thing to point out as well actually is a chance that we won't be ending this season whenever that begins and ends with uh, Odiano Gallo it should be a little bit sad to be honest I've grown quite fond of him in these last few months
1: yeah, I mean, not these
0: last few months the ones beforehand
1: yeah and it's a shame for him isn't it I mean obviously he's, he's sort of fulfilled a dream by playing for United at all he's scored a few goals and you know he's a bit of a crowd favourite straight away but it's a bit sad for him because you know obviously he's, he's not got to sort of complete uh, well it's looking like he's not going to have got to complete the season so bit of a shame for him um but yeah it's it's just such a weird situation
0: isn't it all round. i mean to be fair the only thing you could say is that united have probably got squad slash fitness and with the amount of substitutions that we've got now for these upcoming premier league games whenever they begin i guess there's not too much of a worry about having to spread the squad so thin because yeah it doesn't look like we're going to be playing europa league games at the same time you know we yeah. to have to fit that into the schedule it looks like it's going to be treated completely separately
1: and I guess Rashford will, Rashford will be back, will he?
0: Yeah, yeah, you should be. I should yeah, Paul Pogba.
1: It seems so weird. It, it just seems like such a long time ago that, all, you know, the City game or whatever, we've 2-1 and all that. But, yeah, you know, obviously we're all missing it. It's, um, it's a massive part of our lives, as we said in the last pod, and, and it would be great to have it back in whatever guise it comes back.
0: So with that in mind, Paul, Chelsea, hit me with your first memory of playing those lads from Stamford Bridge.
1: I think my first, I mean, the thing with Chelsea is it was almost like talk, when we go back sort of twenty years or whatever, or longer now, but thirty years. My God, I'm old. Um, yeah. It's like talking about two different clubs. So you got the, the pre Abramovich era and the post Abramovich era. And, and when I was, sort of, I'm going back to like 1993 when we won our first title, Premier League title. And Chelsea were, you know, they were an all right team, um, decent enough cup side, but you know, nothing really particularly special. So. But I do remember this game because it was the week after we'd beaten Sheffield Wednesday at home in that unbelievable match with Fergie and Brian Kidd sliding on the on the pitch. And so I was there for that and I was there for the Chelsea match afterwards. And it was actually a really good game. United, th- th- there was a real <clears throat> celebratory spirit in the crowd. You know, it really felt after that Sheffield Wednesday comeback that, you know, we felt pretty confident as fans that we were going to do it this time. With a caveat that we'd, we'd obviously thrown away the season before, so we weren't getting too carried away. But it was 3-0. United beat Chelsea 3-0. Cantona was just imperious. He had a goal disallowed early on. It was the idea of Lee Sharp, Mark Hughes up front, Paul Ince. And it was that fantastic kit, you know, with the laced-up collar, the Sharp unbroke it.
0: Oh yeah, very snazzy. Uh,
1: you know, the big billowing shirts and all that kind of thing. So You know, a young Ryan Giggs, a young Lee, Lee Sharp. The thing that really stands out is uh, Eric Cantona's um, goal. he scored the third goal from a Giggs cross. and You know that you probably know what I mean, with Eric, where he could he could sort of, he didn't jump that high, or it he, he was sort of, it was, it kind of, it kind of threw you because it didn't look like he jumped that high, but he sort of hung in the air, like he leapt like a like a salmon and <laughs> to the back post, and just head, I headed, knew headed you it had it home. To say salmon. I know. Well, yeah, or well, like a gazelle escaping from a from a lion in the Serengeti or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> you know. just... <laughs>
0: Mate, um, you are an incredible, incredible streak with these metaphors. Of like, this is fantastic. <laughs> Please keep them coming. Yeah, so well, I'll I'll do I like my, best. my lockdown at the minute. I'll do my best.
1: But yeah, no, it was, and it was. It just felt at that time like that was, you know, United were were on their way to hmm. the first title of 27 years, and you know, with Eric Cantor, because Eric Cantor, I think, had just only only just come from he'd arrived from Leeds um, in December, I think it was, or November, maybe. The,
0: yeah, ninety two. Yeah.
1: So he'd gone from Leeds where he won the title to United where he won the title and just a magnificent player. And and this game in particular really, you know, even at at quite a young age as as a boy, I felt it was a privilege to watch him play. So yeah, that's my first Mm. memory with with Chelsea, I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think overall, when it comes to looking at the Chelsea rivalry, I find them a difficult club to hate. Not in the sense that I like them, but in the sense that to a certain extent with the representation of modern day city, they they just kind of exist in their own sort of little world. And ever since the takeover by Bramovich, it's just sort of, they've had so much money obviously to spend on so many players and had, you know, periods of sustained success and then blips of success in those sort of subsequent sort of 15 years. And they've always been ruthlessly efficient. They've never really had quite enough to make you hate them. And that's not to say I I enjoyed playing them because I rarely did, you know, in the 90s I guess it had a different context but obviously after the takeover we had periods where we just couldn't lay a glove on them or yeah. lay a finger on them at all it was horrific The fall on the FA Cup in 1994 and the final at Wembley you obviously got Cantona with those two penalties and yeah. then Mark Hughes and Brian McClair. That was a fun second half. But the first one I recall, because we played Chelsea constantly in the FA Cup in the 90s. Absolutely. It was the 2-1, I think. I think it was the semi-final over at Villa Park. Ruud Hullett got them in the lead in the first half. And then Andrew Cole and David Beckham with the goals in the second half to set us up for the 96 final against the Scousers that was the first time I can recall properly watching a live game between the two of them plenty of games during that decade as well that stick out in the memory I mean there was a 5-3 game when we were leading 3-0 going into the closing stages in the FA Cup in January of 1998 Uh, Beckham, Cole and Sheringham scored and then within 12 minutes towards the end Fiali scored twice and Graham the So had scored so it was 5-3 which was incredibly uncomfortable yeah Um, Yeah, we were we're absolutely
1: cruising in that game were we you know, five nil up and just yeah, ridiculous. Suddenly, just took the, and United at that time could be guilty of that sometimes. You know, they would well they'd kill a team off, and then they just completely take the foot off the gas. It was just like a concentration, but it was certainly it, it, you know we went from cruising to. Being a real danger of, of them coming back into it.
0: Yeah, I mean they were they were building a pr- half decent team around that period in the yeah. late nineties, you know, weren't they? You know they had the likes of Di Matteo, Zola, Frank LeBeuf, Ed De Hoy, and goal. They shone. Did we played them? Well, they, shone, didn't yeah, they Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. And we played them four times in that treble season. Yeah, twice in the league in the space of two weeks: a one-one draw at Old Trafford and a nil 0 draw away at Stamford Bridge. And obviously the uh, the quarterfinal original tie uh, at Old Trafford 0-0 and then winning the replay 2-0 at Stamford Bridge thanks to two goals from Dwight York. And then even in a decade of incredible highs, probably one of the worst results of Ferguson's reign. Do you remember that 5-0 defeat at Stamford Bridge in the league in October 99?
1: Yeah, we had Taibbi in goal, didn't we? I remember it. We did. We did as ever when T Taber was in goal, there was just pandemonium in front of him because the defence had absolutely no confidence in the goalkeeper and you see it all the time with, with dodgy goalkeepers, don't you? That it just it breeds panic and chaos and I mean even, you know, the likes of Yap Sam, Dennis Irwin just couldn't cope. It was it was and Chelsea were good that day. But we were pretty awful And I think but did Book get um, sent off for kicked out of Dennis Wise. It was indeed, yeah. Yeah, so it it was it was a pretty I mean, even at 2-0, you know, with you know, United, in those days, you think, well, we can get back into this, but mm. yeah, they had a, between, a bit between their teeth, and we were, um, we just didn't sort of put that day at all, it was it was awful.
0: No, it wasn't great, <laughs> <I> didn't <laughs> enjoy it, uh, I mean, Gus Poyet scored in the first minute of that match, and yeah. we still went on to win the league at something of a canter, if memory serves, that season, yeah. uh, in 99, but obviously we had a terrible time in Europe getting knocked out by Real Madrid after having won it in 99, but yeah, they followed a bit of a, a weird period in the early 2000s whilst uh, United and, and Arsenal were swapping Premier League trophies back and forth. So United won 99-2000-2001, Arsenal 2002 and then us 2003 leading to the Invincibles in 2004. But for United and Chelsea, the most notable change during that period is the takeover of the club by one Roman Abramovich. Now, I've just been looking this up tonight. Uh, apparently, Ken Bates initially only <laughs> paid uh, for the club, with, bought for £1 in yeah. 1982 yeah. and then sold Chelsea uh, with a personal profit of £17 million in June 2003 yeah, uh, for £60 hard, no. million. Yeah, Abramovich wiped off the club's £80 million worth of debt and then spent £100 million on players in that summer. So he brought in Claude Makélélé, Jeremy, Hernan Crespo, Glenn Johnson, Joe Cole, Damien Duff, and they finished runners-up after Arsenal's invincible season. And at that stage, you're thinking, is something building? you know? Obviously, with that money in particular, but it was the antics of one Jose Mourinho down the old Trapper touchline and late in the Champions League that season that... Made things a lot more seismic, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I remember when I first took over. I was away with my dad and my brother in uh, Portugal. And we, we were reading the papers after the takeover um, because Chelsea were. Kind of, I think at that stage they were they were they were a pretty decent side. Like you say, they were they, you know they'd been building a you know fairly decent team, and then obviously that was the first big takeover in football. So. You, 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 mm. you just go, well, com- certainly the Premier League here, anyway. Yeah, completely new, and so no one really, you know, no, this has never happened before. But you're right. I mean, Ranieri, I think he got treated a little harshly by Bramovic But obviously, Branovic we came to, re- to 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 know over the years is utterly ruthless. Mourinho, you know, it was after that Porto match, wasn't it? Racing down the line at Old Trafford, and the special one press conference, and <laughs> straight away you're thinking, I mean, what he did at Porto was very impressive, anyway you always wonder with a player like that whether it's a bit of a, a one-hit wonder but they started like a train didn't they I mean the thing with Marino's Chelsea was I mean there were a lot of things about them there was the power the and just the sheer bloody mindedness and the relentlessness of them they just wore teams down you knew if they could not one on up it was unlikely that they were going to throw the points away and yeah it, it was a game changer a massive game change not just the money coming in the players they bought but yeah, certainly, Mourinho just made yeah he just turned everything on on its head and and I think Fergie saw him as a massive threat and there were periods during that that time when I think some United fans were thinking oh, maybe Fergie's had his day kind of thing and this is the new breed of manager and we were in a bit of a period of transition.
0: <laughs> yeah, just a little bit.
1: Yeah, but of course you know we we, also, we all know what happened what happened later on so you know Fergie as usual.
0: I mean, you talk about it being a transitional phase for United. I mean, just just to go back as well, you're mentioning Mourinho chuntering down the touchline. Yeah. That disallowed goal for Paul skulls again, that Porto game, still pisses, still pisses me off. Just imagine if that goes in, you know, it's it, it, obviously it's, a, what, 15, 17 years ago at this stage now. So, it's, you know, it's a bit late to be sort of worrying too much about it. But imagine if that goal goes in, what happens in the rest of that tie? What happens to United's Champions League? Does Mourinho even get the job? Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's yeah. It's an incredible way in which his career sort of pivoted in some way on that goal. It's even one though of you those sliding doors say,
1: moments, isn't it? Really?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think at that stage in time, you couldn't really question Mourinho's ability, and he would have gotten a top job somewhere else if it hadn't been with Chelsea. But yeah, another one to think about. But yeah, going into the two thousand and four, two thousand and five season, you know, you were talking about this being one of the, the first big uh, takeover in the history of the Premier League at mm. this stage. In that 2003 season, you mentioned the backbone of the team was forming, and then you bring in players like Petr Cech, yeah. Drogba, Iron Robben, Ferreira was on there as well, Ricardo Cavalli, Cavalli, obviously pairing yeah, up with John huge, Terry. Son. Yeah,
1: I, I think didn't they, they gazumped us for Robin? didn't they? He was meant to be coming to United, and then they stole the march and was offering him more money, I think.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. I yeah. mean, it was... If you look at the way... City initially started off with that takeover. It took them a good couple... Well, let's say what, three years or so to properly yeah. get it before it actually came to winning cups. Chelsea took one year and they bought a lot of good players very, very quickly. You know, Obviously, there was some player turnover because they could afford to. and But by and large, they bought very, very well. Yeah, they and did. it created a period where United, as we mentioned, they couldn't lay a finger on them. You know, no. we went six consecutive games without beating them and having had a look at the stretches that we've been through I don't think there's another period quite like that in the last sort of 20 years I could no. be wrong I mean, we'll be going through plenty of this in a little while oh wait no there's, there's a worse stretch than that don't worry <laughs> we had to give them a go I forgot well there was five division. years Didn't that we remember. went without beating them <laughs> <laughs> We've got five years. Before we get to that, you know that'll be a fun period to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So this period from 2003 onwards, obviously that's a bit of overlap with Claudio Ranieri. But yeah, 1-0 defeat away in the league and then a draw at home. 1-0 defeat at Stamford Bridge in what I think was the very first game of Mourinho's reign in the it Premier was. League. Yeah, and that was not long after job were coming. I remember he had a bit of a stormer in the Community Shield that season yeah. as well. Uh, Good Johnson we lost... score, didn't he? Yeah, we got knocked out of them behind the League Cup as well in 2005.
1: We had to give them a guard of honour in uh, that his first season at Old Trafford. They... And we they, did, They beat us yeah. 3-1 at Old Trafford and ran this road, scored for us, but they were brilliant that season. I mean, you had to hand it to them. Absolutely brilliant. We... And You're absolutely right, we couldn't lay a glove on them.
0: Well, I think... One of the things that sticks out to me in particular about Chelsea is that they were just utterly ruthless. Yeah, you know, totally. It, they Mourinho's side perfected the art of winning games and grinding out results one nil or two nil. You know, yeah. they were even at a one nil lead, you felt Comfortable watching Chelsea, you didn't necessarily think they were going to drop points because they were just so good at shutting down games. Yeah, yeah, you know, they were obviously with Mourinho in charge. They were very defensively led. You know, they were very defensively minded. So, and they had enough firepower up front that they could make sure to take the chances when they created them. And, and they, they it could be nasty for, as well, couldn't they? Yeah, I mean, again, it, I hasten to say that I don't, I, I can't ever really consider hating them at any stage. But it was just this grim inevitability about facing them you know especially in that period where it was so difficult for United to get anywhere near them and you mentioned in particular there the fact that it was a difficult time for United in the sense that a lot of people were questioning Ferguson's uh, credentials to continue managing the club which is incredible when you think about what happens in the next five years under Ferguson but you're completely right you know it's during the second season of Mourinho's reign and again Chelsea are winning the league that year where the takeover happens. That's where we get bought out by the Glazers. Yeah. This is where it all happens, and this is again one of the the most infamous years of Ferguson's reign at United. There we are, nowhere near in the league, get knocked out, finish bottom of our Champions League group, get knocked out of Europe, and Chelsea just waltz onto the title. You know, we lose badly to Liverpool in the FA Cup. We get beaten by City 3-1 with and Village getting completely ripped to bits on one of their first games in English football. I remember that so well, yeah. Anyone wanting to know more about this period, because the the following season is great fun, the 2006-2007 season is great fun, I would completely recommend getting hold of Daniel Taylor's This Is The One, which is a really great insight into a reporter and writer who was... At the time, you know, getting going to every single of Ferguson's press conferences and following United around, working for the Guardian, you know, anyone who knows Daniel Italian news is a very high quality writer, but yeah, yeah it's it, a really it, fascinating look at what those two years were like in depth, and not only that, the difficulty that United had in meeting that Chelsea challenge, you know. It... Yeah,
1: well, we started from a, a fairly low point. I mean, because you like players like um, Tim Howard in goal and. Alan Smith, who was kind of bought as a bit of a, as a striker, but he ended up playing in midfield. Quentin Fortune, Jamba Jamba, Sylvester. Mm. Quite a lot of dross, really. Um, which for United was just... A lot of filler. Yeah, just, I mean, you know, and obviously Fergie was the master at, get, at getting the best out of players. And he'd have, a, obviously, a, a, a decent sprinkling of, of stardust, but then he'd have his hard workers around them as well. And it was that mix, and he was brilliant at finding that blend. But this just didn't have it, this team. And there was a real sense, I remember talking to my dad so much about it, where you thinking, this could be, it. you know, well, certainly after we got taken over, where we're thinking, this could be it for us, you know, this this really could, even with Fergie in charge, this could be, you know, with Chelsea, with all this money, we're in all this debt. You know, London's probably a, a more attractive prospect than Manchester, certainly to, to players coming from abroad, particularly, you know, Chelsea, you know, very, very uh, nice, posh area. And you think you know, <laughs> this could be this could be a real turning point? And but of course, like I said before, you know F- Ferguson. I mean, how, who the hell? How could anyone have doubted him? But I think we all, most of us, had you know, did harbour the odd doubt at the time because we just didn't. It seemed like the club was just in a bit of a rut, and and football was changing around us, and we weren't really moving with the times.
0: Now, and the takeover obviously brought a whole lot dimension of distrust and yeah. Vitriol to the whole proceedings. You know, David Gill at that point, you know, he had opposed the takeover then essentially gave it the green light and Ferguson obviously very publicly was backing the owners and trying to get on with his job. But it was very difficult not to be incredibly distrustful of the whole situation. Yeah, you know, at, at the time in particular, because the takeover had been financed with the fact that it had all been leveraged onto the club. You seriously worried at the time about United's ability to challenge at the very top of football going forward. You know, yeah. where was the money gonna come from, considering that we just spent seven hundred million pounds to finance this takeover and now we were gonna have to pay it back in, you know, heavy interest instalments. Yeah. And, you know, you're right talking about the club, though, obviously, in, in 2005 going into 2006 season, there are the seeds of Ferguson's next great United side. Absolutely. You know, the last great one, really. You know, you've got Rooney, you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, but you've also got an incredible amount of discord and so much bubbling up onto under the, under the surface. You know, it's Van Nistelrooy's last season at United. Yeah. This has come at a point... Where Roy Keane has been kicked out of the club, and after an incredible bust up with Ferguson after that MUTV interview that didn't that wasn't aired,
1: and obviously Vidic never came in in January, but of course, like you said earlier, they were abysmal for that first sort of few months, you know, in the second half of that season. And, and yeah, yeah, you know, that and everyone's thinking, how Ferguson's lost his touch in the transfer market here, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're obviously right, and then and then you got Chelsea, who just I mean, do you remember Stamford Bridge was an absolute fortress? Under Mourinho, mm. and of course, at this at this stage, none of us knew that Mourinho was this sort of serial throw his toys out of the prammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we you know because we didn't know whether he was this guy was was the, the kind who would stick around and create a dynasty. Of course, it turned out that he wasn't. But um, well, yeah,
0: no, no, we didn't. I mean, it's incredible knowing what we know now, yeah. having had him as United manager for those fateful two and a half seasons and seeing everything close up. But, you know, back in 2005, when they came to Old Trafford, in the middle of all of this, you know, we we had no idea what was going to happen. But in particular, we we were worried. We were scared, weren't we? Yeah, absolutely. that was one of the least memorable but most important, I would say, of the 2000s, that game at Old Trafford in 2005. You remember Darren Fletcher getting a scummy goal in the first half, and we basically just held on for dear life for the (laughs) next hour.
1: Yeah, just dug our claws in, didn't
0: we? with a bench of Tim Howard, Kieran Richardson, Phil Barsley, and one Giuseppe Rossi.
1: Yeah, bloody hell. Unbelievable, yeah. You're absolutely right, you know, they they ended up as champions, they beat us at at Stamford Bridge, but looking back, and I think, I'm I'm not sure whether I saw this at the time, certainly obviously we had really Ronaldo, and at the time I'm not sure I really saw that those sort of seeds of the next United side, I'm, I'm not sure how many United fans did, very clearly did, but it was hard to believe at the time, and then no I, mean, I, I don't know if if the wheels what happened first did the wheels because the wheels are starting to come off for Ch- for marino at chelsea weren't they in terms of like his relationship with vanovic was that mm, the end of that I season i mean it was, or the, was that the following it season it was the I following season because yeah.
0: 2005 2006 if you remember they actually uh beat us at Stamford bridge 3-0 in a, a very one sided contest yeah, to win the did. league to seal the league and at that stage you know it was yeah because it, it was, was a, it was 0708 wasn't it that, I mean, you got sacked. It was, yeah. yeah. 29th of April, going into April, good grief. William Gallas scoring five minutes in, then Joe Cole and Ricardo Carvalho, 3-0 at home. It was a, they waltzed it. And at that stage, despite the fact that United had thrashed Wigan to win the League Cup, you, know, you did wonder what on earth United were going to do. And in truth, that summer, they didn't, I mean, there were some seismic moves in the sense that Van Nistelrooy was sold to Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, but the only real notable uh, inclusion at that time or transfer that had come in, obviously Louis Sahar was already with the club at that stage, was one Michael Carrick. Yeah. And I don't know what you thought back in 2006, Paul, but at that stage I wasn't thinking that that was a play that was going to bridge the gap. And I did uh, wonder whether or not we were going to see the full emergence of Messrs Rooney and Ronaldo. I honestly Turns out think, we were all stupid. Yeah,
1: I honestly think probably 90% or more United fans were massively underwhelmed that summer with the, with Michael Carrick. I mean, it was quite a lot of money as well at the time. <clears throat> obviously, he'd come from Spurs. I didn't know that much about him, but what I had seen, I wasn't you know, I wasn't blown away. But again, this mm. is you know, <clears throat> this is why Alex Ferguson was the manager. When we were him, and you know, he just had this eye for a player, and and what a player Carrick turned out to be. And even you know, he came in, took the number sixteen shirt, which obviously would be vacated by Roy Keane. Uh, and I'm and,
0: guessing you weren't very happy about that
1: well it wasn't no it was I felt quite sad about the whole thing um just the way they ended but again I mean that was just the ruthlessness of Fergie wasn't it and he realized oh that Keane was you know in terms of his body he was crocked um in terms of his sort of mentality <laughs> he was probably you know probably a bad egg really in the dressing room at the time we not probably about it and, and then I think a lot of fans because Carrick, I mean, it was quite a brave move from Carrick to take the 16 shirt. Because a lot of the United fans were thinking, right, well, this is a replacement for Roy Keane. This is, and he was. But he's a completely different type of player. But what a player. I mean, you know, Roy Keane is my favourite player. But I'd, I'd say Michael Carrick probably comes a, a, a pretty close second, really. And Derek Hansen. Oh, really? I wow. I absolutely okay. adore Carrick. Um, and he did. He made an unbelievable difference. Because then, you know, you bring a player like him in and suddenly he, he's unlocking doors for the likes of Ronaldo and Rooney.
0: And giving skulls licence as and well. Giving
1: skulls licence, exactly, yeah. And protecting the back four, you know, he's actually he was brilliant in an interceptor of the ball. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what seeing an underwhelming transfer market actually turned out to be a stroke of absolute genius from Ferguson.
0: Well, I think it was that 2006 season, if I remember correctly, that Michael Ballack and Andriy Shevchenko were signed as well. Yeah. At that stage, you're just thinking, what on yeah. earth are United going to be able to do yeah. to combat Chelsea? And not only that... This, coming into this new season, we just had the World Cup in Germany, where Ronaldo and Rooney had their massive bust-up on the That's pitch. That's right, yeah. There was so much going on in preparation for that summer, and the fact that United actually came out, and we started incredibly well, if memory serves. You know, I remember the first game of the season against Fulham, absolutely smashed them, Rooney yeah. and Ronaldo centre stage, and just scoring goals for fun.
1: Yeah, it actually, you're right. It was all like the papers were absolutely loving it, weren't they? You know, the, the whole Runa Ronaldo thing and I uh, uh, hate each other, mm-hmm. and you know what a what a snake Ronaldo is, and all this stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, it reminded me a lot of the post Beckham uh, day de- of well, sorry, not deification. Uh, what's the what's the opposite of a deity vilification? <laughs> yeah, the vilification <laughs> that R- Ronaldo was getting. It felt very much like Beckham. Obviously, different scenario, but it felt very much like. Ronaldo in particular was being blamed for costing England their place oh, yeah, in the absolutely. World Cup, and he caught a lot, a lot of shit that season. He did, and the United fans really rallied around him, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, well, he was a fantastic
1: player, and uh, I think as well it helps it helps United fans that a lot of United fans, yeah, you know, we watch England, but it, you know we it, we're United supporters first and foremost, and England come a, you know a second by quite a long way. Certainly for me, anyway. That's just how it's always been, and I know a lot of United fans do feel that way, and, and partly because United players over the years have had such bad treatment from the press and opposing fans. Not so much these days, but back then it was kind of like, well, sod off then. You know what I mean? As for Ronaldo and, and Rooney, they just they literally just got on with it. It was ne- you know, and it, it was clearly I don't know what if there. Were, I guess there probably would have been meetings behind closed doors to sort of iron any, anything out, but you wouldn't have known on the pitch that there'd ever been a problem.
0: No, no, and in particular, that season was such a delight, you know, we're talking about the genius of Ferguson, despite the fact that Louis Saha only had one good calendar year in his entire United career, (laughs) the, the way that he played in that first half of the season was so key to getting us off to a good start, obviously he had huge injuries, but United saw that, and bought Henrik Larson in. Yeah. He didn't score that many goals, but he was such a huge presence for us going into second half. You know, yeah. We played Chelsea three times that season. Uh one was a one man draw at Old Trafford. The second was when they were clapping the likes of Dong Zhu onto the pitch for that Guard <laughs> of Honour after the title had been sealed. Yeah. After Arsenal had beaten Chelsea uh several days previously if memory serves. Yeah. Which is hilarious.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, do we do we did that to um do we do that to Arsenal as well? Guard of Honor we just like sent out a load of Sort of second
0: string players. Sounds possible, but don't forget there was a point when Van Persie's first season when we won the 20th title. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Van Persie, yeah, the old uh. Arsenal players had to give, it, give him the big one.
1: Oh, amazing. But yeah,
0: that, that game Thomas Kushak in that, Wes Brown, John O'Shea, Kieran Lee, not Richardson, and Richardson, wow. Gabriel Heinzer, Chris Ingalls, Darren Fletcher, Alan Smith, Dong Fanzu, Zhu, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer starting. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, well, cause we were playing in the FA Cup final right? late, like, probably what, a week later maybe?
0: Uh, let me check the a dates. Few weeks later. Uh It was 10, days later, ten yeah. days later, yeah. So, I mean, one thing to state from this season, particularly the 6 07 season, United by the end of May, so just by end of April, early May, were absolutely knackered. Yeah. They were really struggling. I mean, we'd had a lot, a lot of big games that season, and in the Champions League in particular, you know, you had an awful trip to Rome, which we lost 2-1 with all of the attacks that happened from the Roma fans yeah. on the City Bridge and in the stadium as well by the police and the incredibly rough treatment. That incredibly emotive 7-1 victory. Mm. That amazing 3-2-1 over AC Milan in the first leg of the semi-final followed by that crushing 3-0 defeat at the San Siro that saw them go and face Liverpool. Imagine if we'd actually gotten through that tie and face Liverpool in the Champions League final. That would have been... St- done it
1: oh man can you imagine I mean I don't know if I I, I don't even, even be able to watch that the ten, can you imagine the tension
0: Liverpool United Champions League final my word um, the only way I could deal with the tension of that is drinking solidly <laughs> regardless of outcome
1: yeah yeah
0: but yeah the, the, the FA Cup that year I mean it went to extra time didn't it it was yeah. you're very... right it was just
1: legs wasn't it they had, they had mm-hmm. the legs we didn't in the end
0: Yeah, I mean, it was the first epic at final at the New Wembley. And yeah, it was a rough, rough game. You know, Chelsea were very difficult to break down. United struggled. Drogba with four minutes to go at the end of extra time with the goal. And it was a bum end to the season. But I think realistically, as disappointing as it was, any United fan could see that United had just given all they could give. Yeah. You know, it was disappointing, but. How how could you be upset after that season? You know there were so many question marks about United's ability to get back to the top of the game. Yeah, we had just fallen short in the Champions League, and we looked like we were building something great with the forward players that we had. Fedic and Ferdinand were turning into an all star partnership. We had a fantastic goalkeeper in Van der Sar. and Ferguson had got us back to the top of the English tree after four years without the title. You know, it was a despite the way it ended. Incredible season.
1: Yeah, I would agree completely with all of that. I think if you'd asked most United fans before a ball was kicked that season, you can pick either the Premier League title or the Champions League. I think most would have said the Premier League title because there was a real sense of right, we need to reassert ourselves here. And mm. also like, you know, it was it was quite unexpected because Chelsea had been so good and we'd been, you know, relatively quite poor. For so long that it, I think it was so crucial, and you're right. We the players gave absolutely everything. Every won the title, and and that was just that, that was as far as they could go. But it was it was um, it was a really fantastic season, so crucial for United that season to to really establish themselves back at the top.
0: Yeah, and uh, going back to Jose Mourinho, this marked the first big uh, test of his time as manager. Obviously, a big club at that stage. And it didn't go very well, did it? <laughs> after several no. months of uh, friction with Abramovich, he left the club by mutual consent. I remember this, because I remember seeing it on Sky Sports at the pub of the road of where I was living. Yeah, just incredible. Yeah. Not long into this 2007-2008 season, September, he was gone. September,
1: wasn't it? I don't, mm. I don't know if you remember, but after the, that, I think, we was just talking about Marina. And this was a, a real precursor of, of the of what was to come in Mourinho's career. The whole thing was, but Mourinho came, I think he he disappeared down a tunnel and then he came back out onto the pitch and held five fingers aloft. But Basically, it's trophy hall, as we know these days. And guess Hmm. what it included? The charity shield. Oh,
0: Gordon Bennett. (laughs) Just classic. He was doing the three fingers thing in Stockholm. Yeah. the Europa League. It's unbelievable. He loves that charity shield. And I guess if if you've come from portugal and you spent some time in spain obviously you know the their version of the community shield whose name escapes me at the moment is obviously given a lot more hype and yeah. it's a lot more important
1: but he know yeah, we don't give a shit exactly but he must know we don't give a shit like someone someone uh, by now someone must have told him actually jose yeah, this whole holding your fingers up including charity shield yeah people on that keynote over here it's he not it anyway. i
0: mean put it this way when it comes to the charity shield I went to watch United at Wembley twice, uh, playing Chelsea and sh- uh, sorry, uh, playing Chelsea once, and Portsmouth the year previously. We beat Portsmouth on penalties in two thousand and eight, and then we lost to Chelsea on penalties in two thousand and nine. I had more fun in two thousand and nine, and we lost just to show you how pointless that game is. <laughs>
1: it's so pointless, isn't it? But yeah, no, that was. I just thought that was a nice little aside because, I, as I said earlier, we didn't really know Mourinho at that stage, and that was the the, the sign, the first sign. And it's always it's always the first time when he comes out <laughs> holding his fingers up, you know things are going a bit wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few months later it was September, wasn't it, that he got sacked and Avram Grant. Came 20th in.
0: September, Yep, yeah. and uh, Avram Grant came in. And you are mentioning there, guess who they played three days after he was sacked?
1: Yeah, it was United, wasn't it? I
0: was there, and it was
1: that was when Mikel got sent after half an hour, wasn't it? And uh, Tevez scored, I think he right did. Half that was time. his first
0: goal for United.
1: Yeah. Was that his first goal? I didn't know that. I'd forgotten it that. It
0: was, yeah. It was a big one as well.
1: Yeah, it was. And so I got a penalty. And at the time, I remember feeling, thinking that not only was it like obviously you such like your manager, and the players and the fans were obviously just distraught to see Mourinho go. And it really felt like United rubbing the child's noses in it at the time. And you actually wondered whether that season might fall apart. And it actually didn't in the end. They it did, it did pretty well, you know, under Grant. But it, it did feel. At the time, and, and particularly looking back, like it was less Avram Grant and more just the, the players kind of A, on autopilot and B, like a kind of let's do this for the for the boss sort of thing um, that sort of <laughs> saw them through. The, the irony that they finally reached the Champions League final, which was Jose's holy grail after he left, I guess we'll probably come on to the, the 2008 Chelsea Champions League final we will it's I mean far. we're not
0: too far away from it now nah. yeah I mean that that season I mean that game for Tevez in particular it's interesting thinking about that as his first goal because as mentioned we started that season awfully yeah <laughs> it took us four games to get a win and score a goal and it was Nanny who got the goal and it was an absolute Thunderbaster against Spurs yeah yeah we drew nil nil with Reading, drew against Portsmouth, got beat by City. Ronaldo was suspended, Rooney was injured, and Tevez was really struggling at that stage. Yeah. And the goal came out of absolutely nowhere. And that's notable for me because there was a bloke that I was sat in front of who kept pulling me, pulled me back from behind because he was annoyed that I was standing up so much because I was so frustrated. And then when the nanny goal went in, I turned around and shook his hand very calmly.
1: <laughs> I mean, did he realise it was like a football match and not like the, uh, I mean, the theatre or the well, ballet or something?
0: Well, we were in the northwest quadrant. Right. Know, it, it, it's not quite the same as being in straight tier one or two, is it? Let's be honest.
1: Someone asked me to sit down once before, and it was before the game had even kicked off. When the players were out having the warm up, I always stand up reading like the, reading the um, one of the fanzines prior to the match. And then this guy's like, "Oh, can you? Uh, do you mind sitting down, please? Mate? I'm trying to see." It's just the warm up, mate. <laughs> <out> then, mate. <laughs> it's mate, just the warm
0: up. <laughs> nothing going on. <laughs> But yeah, I mean you you're right. That that was a funny old season. Really um, weird, yeah. in terms of United and Chelsea, but you know, once United got going, they barely stopped. Yeah. You know, the the axis of Tevez, Rooney, Ronaldo oh, was stunning. So this good. is the Ronaldo season. This is yeah. the 42 goal season. He was absolutely irresistible. He's got his um, pomp, wasn't
1: he? He's... United pomp anyway.
0: No, exactly. I mean, I feel lucky to have gone to see so many games that season and yeah. just the the reliance, not maybe not the reliance, but it was just how you could almost set your watch by Ronaldo doing something or creating something, but more often than not, scoring a goal to get United through a really tight game. Yeah, you know, and even he, when we didn't win, he would be contributing.
1: Yeah, and he, even if he even if he didn't do that much, like for, you know, if he had a relatively from by his time it was quite a quiet game and things weren't mm. coming off, and it looked like he was getting frustrated. So often he'd still pop up with just this, you know, like a, a, a winning goal or a, a winning... assist generally a winning goal or, you know, just what a player, what a player.
0: Well, I think in particular it helped that he had uh, Rooney and Tevez with him. Yeah, I think the three of them knew that Ronaldo was having an, an incredible season, yeah. but at the same time they're still, what... How many goals was it for Tevez that season? And um, more than enough for Rooney as well. Yeah. Obviously, Ronaldo was the main goal scorer, but all three of them together were very good at feeding each other. And, and how do you mark the them
1: as an opposition? How the hell do you mark them? How do you how do you even approach a, a front three like that? I mean, they were blistering, and hmm. United's counter-attacking in in those days was just sublime. It was they could get from one end, you know, the, like their own penalty box to you know to, to score a goal. And the opposition's, but in seconds, you know, you blink and you miss it, it was so thrilling to watch.
0: Yeah, and that 2007-2008 season, I mean the summer of that year as well, you know, what an incredible transfer window we had, at least for that, for the 12 months, obviously not all of those transfers turned out wonderfully, but for the year that we had them all for, Owen Hargreaves, yeah. Nani, Anderson, yeah. Tevez, I mean... It cost a lot of money to get all four of them in, but for the 12 months of football that we got out of them, for that stage at least, because obviously Hargreaves had nothing more to give from his poor, poor body after 2008, Anderson's contributions can't really be measured by any metric that I've known. And Nani is still, by the time he left United, incapable of hitting a corner anywhere closer than beyond the first man. It was... Bit of an enigma, Nani.
1: Incredibly annoying. Could be so good, couldn't he? And then... Yeah. And then, yeah, just... uh, but yeah, the, the Hargreaves. in that first year, they were amazing, weren't they? They were fantastic, and Hargreaves is one of those players where you just you think, oh, so cruel," because you know we'd been after him for a while, we'd spent quite a lot of money on him, and he was so good, he was so good. He was just what we what we felt we'd been missing, and that obviously mm. just snatched away. Um, but at least we got that season out of, of, of those three players, and yeah, what a season it was! Absolutely, absolutely unbelievable.
0: At least we had that, and at least now, having been burnt by the glory of Bastian Schweinsteiger, I think we realise <laughs> that any player that wants to come to United, who's uh, playing for Bayern, is only going to get sold to us if they're cropped. Just never, so.
1: never buy anyone from Bayern Munich. It's really yeah. simple, really simple.
0: But yeah, the the game later that year in April. Um, now I was going back through the records just to confirm this because that you mentioned Hargreaves. Hargreaves had his best single moment in the United shirt. With that lovely Dink three kick against Arsenal in the league, which sort of put paid to Arsenal's Premier League challenge. Yeah, but Chelsea at this point were still in with a shout. Absolutely, and it is the third to last game of the season where we visit Stamford Bridge, and we lose two one. Yeah, it was a they went level on points game. they? They did, yeah, yeah. And not only that, we basically knew that the only way to win the league was to win those following two games yeah. after that game because it was Balak. I uh, think it was just after the half hour mark, and then Rooney, I think, got a breakaway goal, and then Balak with a late penalty. Yeah, uh, it was a, a horrible, we nasty, tight game. Nervous.
1: We we actually um, he put huge pressure on us. Um, I can't remember. I know they. It was. A Bad, like penalty, I can't remember why I got the penalty. It might be a handball or something. We had a couple of really good chances at, at the end of that match, I remember. I think they had two goal-line clearances. One of them was, was either Junta or Shevchenko, I can't remember. And Then there was like a brawl on the pitch for a few minutes. It was just one of those games where, you, as a United when you're thinking, oh my God, are we throwing it away here? Like the title, I mean. Because we just looked mm-hmm. so nervous, and there's only two games left, and you think, well, if we play like that again, we might struggle. But anyway, it turned, out, it turned out okay for us. We won the league by a couple of points, but Yeah,
0: horrible game just yeah I mean at that stage after that Chelsea well before that Chelsea defeat we hadn't lost for two months two and a half months in the preview and that game was the the, the derby on the uh, the 50th anniversary of the Munich Air disaster and yeah United were on an incredible run of form and the previous week we'd had that late late equaliser at Ewood Park if you remember yeah with Tevez if memory serves as well let's see 26th of April let's just double check what was happening around that point Yeah, before that game against Chelsea, Paul, we were at Camp now, And after that game, we had Barcelona at Old Trafford. So we had quite a lot going on at that point.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty hectic schedule, wasn't it? Just, yeah, all all these sort of little games, just one after another, you know.
0: Well, I mean, you know, let's do a bit of a diversion because obviously this is notable for Chelsea in particular with them being in the Champions League final that season too. Barcelona, Chelsea, Barcelona. I mean, even at the time, obviously, it? yeah. I mean, Barça weren't at the peak of their powers at this point, and no. Messi was still, you know, he was still bec- turning into the player that he was going to become. But even so, it's that's a, a horrific couple of games coming up there.
1: I mean, they weren't they weren't the team that they became, but they were still bloody good. Oh,
0: absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, what what did you go to that Barcelona game? Yeah,
1: I did. It's horrific.
0: What do you recall from that second leg against Barça? Apart from you know nerves,
1: I, I don't really recall. Much at all from the actual game itself, like very little football. It's just this sort of. Even thinking about it now, I can feel myself going tense. It was absolutely <laughs> horrendous, <laughs> like you know, yeah. one of those games where you cannot, you just don't get a moment to relax. You are just nail biting, yeah. and because you knew that you knew that they had the players to to capitalise on any mm-hmm. little mistake, and oh yeah, it was really it was the longest one of the longest sort of ninety minutes of, of you know of my United you know, supporting life, really.
0: Horrendous. Oh, was, oh I mean one thing I do remember from that game, Wes Brown had an absolute stormer. Yeah. I do. He was remarkable at that. <laughs> that, 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 that game. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean I think it was uh it was either Fiddle or Ferdinand, I forget which uh which was injured for the second leg. Oh, and Wes God, Brown yeah, that, I Do you
1: remember that now, yeah.
0: And had an absolutely storming game. Yeah. Obviously yeah. Skulls' goal helped us and but, but Nanny had a bit of a stinker in the sense that he just passed up several opportunities and didn't pass and missed some excellent opportunities and squeaked through and then set up having sealed the title with two wins one which is a 4-1 win against West Ham and then that 2-0 win away at what was the JJB against Wigan Athletic with Giggs getting the late goal to seal it sealing that second successive league title taking it away from Chelsea on the final day of the season when we knew that all we needed to do was win great game Great finish. And then setting up the Champions League final over at Moscow against Chelsea. Right, time for a quick break and a chance to mention that this week's episode is brought to you in association with the Pitch Sports app. With Premier League football on its way back in a matter of weeks, head on over to the Apple or Google Play Store, download the app and get involved. Draft your preferred starting levels, challenge your friends, and predict the results of the upcoming fixtures. That's Pitch Sports on either the Apple or Google Play Stores. Tell me your thoughts. Right, well. Uh...
1: This is all a bit of a blur for me, because I'd arrived home with my newborn son, who was my first child, literally a couple of hours before kick-off, after thinking my wife was going to die on numerous Cage during the 27-hour labour. Um so, God. And then, and then obviously, anyone with kids will know, like, those first few days and weeks, let alone the first few hours, when you come home with a newborn are just unbelievably emotional. So I was a bit Mm -hmm. of a wreck even when I sat down to watch. And I sat down to watch the match um, and I had my son in my arms. Literally, my wife was exhausted. Her dad was there. And the tension was just unbearable. And it just, the game kind of passed by like a bit of hallucination, really. Without wanting to jump ahead too much, but the minute, literally, I'm talking like seconds before the penalty shootout was about to get underway, the electricity went off. (laughs) And as you can imagine, chaos ensued. And I, I was like dancing around my lounge in turmoil. With my, still with my son in my hands, assuming there'd been a power cut and asking, you know, why is God forsaken me? Such thing, and it turned out my mm. father-in-law, who wasn't a fo- and isn't a football fan, had chosen that moment to do a bit of DIY and turned off the electricity Oh itself. no! So not an act of God at all, but just an act of sabotage. But. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we got it back on. I think I only missed the first penalty. So, it all, all was well in the end. But, yeah, it was mm. um, one hell of a day, put it that way. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was, I've watched it back since then as well in a slightly more calm frame of mind. And one of those nights, really, is United Five, wasn't it? Obviously, you know, just one of those nights. Absolutely
0: incredible. It was the, at that stage, the peak of yeah. England's powers in terms of Europe. You know, it, they were what? Three uh, teams in the semi-final for two successive seasons, if memory serves. You know, Chelsea had beaten yeah. Liverpool, was yeah. it, in the semi-finals that year. Uh, obviously, we'd gone past Barcelona. And the following season, we'd knock out uh, Arsenal. And we were robbed of a repeat of this final, thanks to some yeah. terrible refereeing as Barcelona squeaked through at Stamford Bridge. And obviously, we got mm. tonked by Barca in the follow-up. In We Rome. were so
1: good in Europe at this stage, weren't we? We, we really... We had, Obviously, we had, we had fantastic players, but we also, we'd just, we'd really, we'd become wise to, to European football. Fergie was obviously incredibly experienced, and we just looked. I mean, all right, obviously, I, I, this is after having just talked about the Barcelona match, but, you know, you had your moments as a United fan, but there was just a real self belief about us. Um, and I, we saw it so mm-hmm. well in the Channel.
0: One of the things that Ferguson was incredibly good at was building teams that could dominate yeah. domestically in terms of constantly competing for domestic cups and doing very well perennially in the league. In Europe, his real successes came as periods of sustained work. So you look at obviously the Cup Winners' Cup win in '91. It would then be eight years until we would get any European success, and it was then nine years up after the treble year when we beat Bayern in, in Camp Nou in, in the in the treble season. It would take us to get to another final after that. Yeah. You know, obviously we'd had. It was great that Ferguson's reaction to getting knocked out of the group stages in o five o six was right. We are going to focus on this a lot more and do a lot better. We came within one game of reaching the final in the following season, and then won it the following year. Yeah. And then you know what three finals in four seasons yes we lost two of them but let's not talk about that but yeah i guess it was fitting really wasn't it that this game was such an attritional battle after again another long emotive season and i guess given the way that the united chelsea rivalry had really evolved over the course of the last few years it was fitting that it was the two of us wasn't it and it was a Nasty affair on occasion. Oh, it was horrible.
1: I mean, I think United you know, started pretty well. Obviously, Ronaldo um, scored, and he, he, again, he's another one like Cancel probably better than Cancel Just an unbelievable leap. Oh, I'm trying to think of a similarly like a crocodile rising out of the, the murky depths <laughs> to take down a wildebeest from a
0: Wes Brown cross, no less.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it was you know he was so good in the air, Ronaldo. Um, and then I think didn't Tevez have like two really really good chances huge chances it could have put us out of potentially
0: yeah well I think it was Tevez and Giggs in the second half of extra time who had decent chances for us I mean we were definitely on top in the first half and then Frank Lampard scored just before yeah. the end of the uh, just before the break and then uh, Chelsea were mostly on top in the second and then extra time came and went and then obviously that yeah. huge defining moment Chelsea have been doing this all game in the sense that they have constantly been winding United players up and mucking around when we kick the ball out for them. So yeah. when we kick the ball, uh, they kick the ball out for us, I think, for one random injury. And then Tevez literally just hits, smacks it a metre and then tells everyone to push up. Mellie ensues and Drogba slaps Vidic and is yeah. about to get lamped himself. But thankfully he gets red carded just in time. Yeah. And they they were really on top at the time as well, weren't they? And what a huge thing to lose Drogba for a penalty shootout. Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
1: (laughs) And because of the penalty shootout itself, I mean, you can always tell, can't you? Nine times out of ten, you can tell as a player's approaching the penalty spot. You can tell what frame of mind they're in. Mm. And you just know that Drogba would have been fine. He was a a massive, big game player, Drogba. Always seemed to score Mm. in cup finals. Um,
0: scored a lot against us yeah, as well yeah he did
1: yeah. so it was a real a real setback for them especially at that point as well because you know they weren't oh, wasn't four really minutes left do, to go. yeah and, and just psychologically you know you, you, you know there's a very very good chance you're going to be going to penalties and you just basically lost your best penalty taker and your big game player yeah. so
0: yeah it was huge hey one thing that Ferguson did that you know gets glossed over bought on Anderson for Wes Brown yeah. for penalties yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Genius move that he scored. First one.
1: And, uh, did he? Did he score our last penalty, Anderson?
0: He scored our second, second to last, to last penalty. But yeah, before before we get there, yeah. Paul. Sorry, well, I'm jumping oh ahead. God. I'm excited. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> that penalty shootout in the pouring rain in yeah. Moscow. You know, any United fan who went to that game has got a great story about the the intrepid trip that they took to actually yeah. get all the way to the Luzhniki Stadium at the time. But yeah, that penalty shootout, Ugh. I mean. I cried at the end of that. I did. I was absolutely overcome. It was... I'm sure we've seen... There's been more dramatic penalty shootouts in the history of football than this one. But it was just the drama of this game in particular after two hours of it. Yeah. To end on a penalty shootout in such damp situations (laughs) to, uh, you know, for Ronaldo, who'd had such an amazing season for United... Tevez scores, Balak scores, Carrick scores, Balletti scores, and then Ronaldo he does this stilted run up, yeah. which worked every single time during the season. So of course he stops, stutters, and checks saves yeah. it. Looking back on that replay now, you can see that he's got his number. He doesn't, 100%. he's unshakable at that exact moment.
1: Yeah, it was it obviously scored in open play, Ronaldo, but he's kind of fizzled out a little bit as the game went on and that was his big moment and, and he fluffed his lines mm. and at the end when everyone when all the United players are like racing towards uh, Van der Sar he just I think he just collapsed didn't he just relief he did. can you imagine that was his moment it was meant to be his game you know because he was like the best player in the world pretty much at the time and and to fluff his lines on that stage oh man what, what must have been going through his mind as he watched the rest of that shoot up
0: Ugh. I mean, what was going through our minds? <laughs> that saved penalty. Lampard scores. Hargreaves scores. I mean, the Ashley Cole penalty, I swore down for at least a second or two that he'd missed that, so I cheered it when it went in. But it, it went in. <laughs> and you got to live with and yourself,
1: then, man. you got to live with yeah, yourself. Yeah, I know.
0: And then Nanny scores. And then what does John Terry do? Uh, Alters the lineup of the penalty yeah. takers, so he gets to take the fifth one. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, could it? Falls hits the post. Yeah,
1: it was beautiful. That was one of football's great moments. That you know, just such an unpleasant, slappable man crying afterwards as well, didn't he? You know, the rain teeming down. Everyone else, you you know, there's always a risk in those conditions that you could slip, and it was him. Beautiful.
0: Yeah, beautiful. It's just poetry. it Was what? What great fiction that actually? (laughs) It makes you
1: think. It makes you think. Well, there must be a divine power watching
0: over us all yeah what a wonderful thing to happen to such a terrible <laughs> human being
1: yeah. and then he misses just I mean jumping yeah. way ahead then he missed the, the next one through was he suspended for the, for the when they won he was suspended
0: <laughs> yeah he got uh, he, yeah yeah. <laughs> the, oh god I mean say what you will about skulls and Keane at least they didn't go yeah. full Kit Wanker or, uh, for Barcelona <laughs> yeah. good grief anyway yeah Anderson scores yeah. United 6th Solomon Kalou fires up with the same Giggs scores United seventh, and then Edward Van der Sar oh. pointing to his right with his left hand. Anelka. Anelka. I mean, again, lovely that it was Nicolas Anelka because we'd had you know we'd had several years of troubles with him at Arsenal. Yeah. Oh, he didn't look right
1: on on the, on the approach, Anelka. You just did, you no. know, and, and understandably so. I mean, can you imagine the pressure? And, and, that was, mm. and that atmosphere and, and whatever. But yeah, the save was just brilliant. And the reaction afterwards and the relief and, you know, the, just, you know, it was like two boxers after Like a, just a ridiculous bout. I mean, blo- both teams were bloodied, exhausted. It had been a long season. Emotional for both with obviously Mourinho being sacked and the Munich celebrations and everything else. Um, it was, and it all came down to that, you know, that, that, that one penalty that one moment well sorry those few penalties those few moments yeah wow what a feeling
0: incredible I mean I've told you this before you know this about me but the Champions League is the competition that I always want United to win more than anything else yeah you know it It hit me as a kid because we didn't have Sky when I was younger so the games I watched it were the FA Cup and the Champions League games yeah 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 and yeah. the Champions League bit me when I was a kid and just the the drama of it all. Yeah. You know, just the way the any time United were in there, it was such a grandiose occasion. I loved it. It's brilliant. Intimately. Yeah.
1: The music even, even the music is just like sounding yeah. sure spine, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And to get to finally do it, I mean nine years after that, I mean it sounds, you know, obviously in comparison with Real Madrid, maybe it's not that much of a big deal, but for United at that stage you know, hitting this apex after the middle of the decade had been so difficult. So many questions and so much to try and sift through. Was Ferguson the right man for the job? Were Rooney Ronaldo going to come good? What do we do after Van Nistelrooy? All those questions answered in one big go yeah. with such a huge performance and such a huge moment. Yeah. I mean, one of my favourite moments of supporting United without a shadow of a doubt.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's right up yeah. um, there. Just, qu- just a very... So, I mean, obviously, we've, we've talked about when der making the penalty save, but he w- he was such a brilliant goalkeeper for us. Particularly, I thought mm. towards the end of his career, if anything, he just he was so self assured, such yeah. a big game goalkeeper. You know, he, it, there were times where he, he just made he was making big saves in almost every big game. You know, and that's what you, that's what you need from a top goalkeeper. And um, uh, you know, for him to to get that final touch of that game was was such a beautiful moment for him. I think.
0: Oh well that's a lot of uh that period of life. Yeah. And Hey, one thing I completely forgot, Luis Felipe Scolari took over <laughs> yeah, after that. And didn't last very no, long. Not at all. No. Uh the O nine sorry, the O eight, oh nine season, obviously that's uh, defined somewhat by being Ronaldo's last at uh, Old Trafford. Yeah. Um and it took several months before he actually started celebrating gold. But when United got going, they were great. This was the record for not conceding you know, the consecutive yeah. clean sheets, this incredible record of minutes where van der Sarge didn't concede. Um, United, uh, how do we do in the FA Cup that season? I can't remember. I can't anyway, remember you it. know, did pretty well in the league. Didn't come up to too much trouble as far as I recall. I, oh, it was Liverpool that season. I beg your pardon. Yeah, it was yeah. Liverpool. Benitez. Yeah, that, oh God, that 4-1. Was
1: that, wasn't that the fact season? Benitez's fact season? That,
0: I, th- I think it was the fact season, yeah. yeah, because they were doing pretty well around Christmas of yeah. that year. And they and,
1: came to all travelling in trances, didn't they?
0: oh god the 4-1 yeah. Yeah. and then we got hammered by Fulham the following week and then the following game after that was Makeda yeah 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 um, that's the one but yeah uh, going into that year I mean obviously Chelsea had their own problems we drew with them 1-1 at Stamford Bridge on Park scoring on our side and then January of 2009 beating 3-0 and then the following season is one is the arrival of one Carlo Ancelotti yeah uh, and that's when things took a bit of a temporary turn uh, lost to them 1-0 in that season in November And then, you know, we were talking about some of the very great memories that we've had of watching United. The 2-1 defeats at home to Chelsea ranks amongst the very worst I think I've ever had that year. That was such an awful period for United. I mean, that season in particular, the O 9 10 season, Paul, I mean, it was so close to being something so special. Yeah. United were so close in the league. And this game had such a huge bearing on it. United were, what, one bad decision by Raphael from potentially beating Bayern Munich in the, the Champions League, get knocked out of the quarterfinals. Well Rooney, Rooney know, was injured, yes, wasn't won. he? He was, yeah. And this is still, to me, this period, these few games where I... I, I mean, it's unfair to define one single player's legacy for a club... Over the course of a couple of games, because obviously Berbatov was with us for a good few years and gave us some incredible times, in particular, you know the hat trick against Liverpool, which was incredible to be present for. Yeah. But it's this game and the following game against Rovers uh, at Ewood Park, where we drew 0 nil and just needed to get a win, that I just n- remember Berbatov being completely non-existent.
1: Yeah, he's and he, he's a, a lot of a lot of you know I, I really like Berbatov as well. You're right; he, he had some fantastic performances for United, but was the big games. I, I agree with you. I think some of the big games, he was left wanting really. And and Rooney, uh, oh God, he was such a great player for us. And you can understand completely why Ferguson decided to sort of risk him in those last few months of the season. I mean, we only finished a point behind Chelsea. Um, mm. But I, even now, I look back on that and think, did that have a, an impact on Rooney's career? You know, playing through those injuries because. I'm not sure he was ever quite the same player again, really. But yeah, I mean, Ancelotti came in and yeah, he just sort of brought his usual air of serenity, didn't he? To, to what was kind of a, a, a bit of a mad place, really, in Chelsea. But yeah, that game, oh God, it was horrendous. And it says everything about about it, that, that even when we didn't win the league in these years, you know, a point behind, so close. And you're right, it was just that one decision from Raphael in the Champions League. 2-1, it was a ferocious finish from Drogba to make it 2-0 to them.
0: It was. I mean, Makeda got one back yeah. late on just a couple of minutes later. But it was... They were a the better
1: team. I mean, we we actually came <sighs> into it a bit, like, in, from memory, in the second half. There about a couple of headers just like, but there, there, there again, you know. He had a couple of pretty good chances, really. And fluffed his lines.
0: Yeah, what an awful period. We lost to Chelsea on the third... And then uh, Wednesday 7th, four days later, there we were beating Bayern 3 yeah. 2. But Robbins late, late sent us out on away goals. Mm. Oh, it was such a horrible week.
1: Ugh, it was awful. I
0: mean, Chelsea winning the double that year as yeah. well. You know, I mean, you did wonder at that stage because Chelsea obviously had such an incredible, vast sum of money to draw on whenever they wanted to buy new players. You wondered whether or not this was their second coming. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, United go out that summer and buy one Chicharito Hernandez. It didn't end very well for Hernandez in his time at United, but at least for that first season, and perhaps for parts of his third, that was an incredibly fun period to be following United. I mean,. That season, the uh, 2010-2011 season, was absolutely ridiculous. United could not buy a victory away from home for love nor money, but we could not be beaten at home. We were incredible. Old
1: Trafford was was, impregnable, wasn't it? Absolutely impregnable.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only team that took any points off us that season at home were West Brom.
1: Yeah. West Brom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. would be them, wouldn't it? It would be, yeah. I mean, we played Chelsea four times that season in Ancelotti's fateful second season where he got fired in the Goodison Park tunnel after the yeah. game at the end of the season. Uh, got beaten by them 2-1 at Stamford Bridge. Rooney getting the first one. Uh, and this was around, actually, it was March of that year. And David Louise and Frank Lampard with the adequate responses to make it 2-1 and then we played them in the Champions yeah, League yeah quarterfinals is not it yeah at that stage we hadn't won at Stamford Bridge I believe since the treble year yeah I, I'm looking through those results I don't think there's a match where we actually beat them at Stamford Bridge
1: that sounds about right I know there was a period where we didn't beat for ages at Stamford Bridge
0: yeah we had some terrible luck in that game in March as well I'm pretty sure there was several dodgy decisions that went against us in 2011 and then, yeah, that game at the time, you know, obviously this is going into our third Champions League final in four years. United were doing all right in Europe. And a really attritional performance from United. Do you remember Rooney getting that goal at Stamford Bridge to make it 1-0 on the first leg, get us the away goal, and then we beaten 2-1 in a really great fun of a game in the second leg at home?
1: Second leg at home, yeah. with 2-1. Um, Chelsea actually started that game pretty well. Then United had to a goal... That was the game that Ramirez got sent off, wasn't it? About half an hour in, I think. And then, yeah, it was Ch- yeah, Chikorito, perfect. This year, I remember now, this was um, Giggs. Rolling back the years, he, was, he played fantastically well that night. He was absolutely sublime. It was his cross mm-hmm. that Chicorito I mean, he just put it on a, on a plate for Chicorito And, you know, Hernandez is, 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 was just that kind of player, wasn't he? A real poacher. Um, and the roof came off Ultra when he scored that. You yeah. know, really felt... Because obviously with the away goal... Chelsea weren't playing that well at that stage it really felt like well we could, we could win this quite comfortably and there, of course Drogba got uh, going back with, a, with another real <laughs> classic Drogba goal great control uh, really strong lethal precision
0: and then Park G Sun scores like 10, 10 seconds, seconds later, later
1: yeah because I mean there was this, yeah. this moment where Drogba scores and you know that when that sort of silence, deathly silence, falls on on, on Old Trafford, yeah. real nerves. And yeah, ten seconds later, we're, we're back in front again, and it was just like, here we go again. So, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, great stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is close to the end of that Chelsea side now. Yeah. You know, I mean, Drogba will leave the following season in the best way possible, winning the Champions yeah. League in Munich. Fernando Torres has been bought by this point. Yeah. I mean. This is always the thing when people say Torres always gave the Manu Vidic nightmares. Didn't do it in this game. <laughs> you know, you got Michael Essien, who was a fantastic cog for them in midfield. Oh, and player. Frank Lampard, Ramirez, Anelka's still there. Florent Maluda is there. You know, Alex is there. You can't remember having a very good time in a Chelsea shirt at all. No. Ashley Cole's effectiveness is winding down. And yeah, United really took it to Chelsea on a couple of occasions that season. And they'll do so again in. Barely a month when they beat them two one at home, and Hernandez scores in forty seconds. Yeah,
1: again, really great through ball from uh, Jason Park. I think if we won that, if we if we win that game, we go top. I think, and it really looking back on this one, it really reminded me just how how dependable Jason Park was, and how much Ferguson really liked him. You know, one of those players i, was, I mentioned before, where he's not the most skillful, not the most brilliant, but just there. You know, just Quite often in the right place at the right time, does a job. Yeah, then they did another really fantastic performance from Giggs as well. And it was his cross again, this time Vedic, Vidic had a 2-0. And van der Sar again was brilliant in that game. He made some fantastic, crucial saves. And then I think, did they get one back? It was 2-1, wasn't it? They got one back quite late on. Yeah, they did. But yeah. it never really felt like they were going to you know, cause any trouble like that.
0: No, that. Um and that's... Kind of the end of United's period of dominance over Chelsea at that stage. Let's have a look. Yeah, we won four games in a row during that period. Uh, The two Champions League games, obviously, and that 2-1 win. And then beat Chelsea in September. The following season of uh, the 2011-2012 season, you know, that that year where some team in blue won the Premier League at the last minute. I can't really remember. It no, I totally did not Yeah, I think it was away for that one. Yeah, there are bits and bobs to recall from that uh, last Ferguson season as well. There was that insane two-three <laughs> game at Stamford Bridge, where again we obviously had one in the the, uh, the Champions League, but winning in the league was a completely different yeah. story for us at that stage but then we race out into a 2-0 lead in the first couple of minutes. David Luiz scores an own goal. Van Persie gets on as well. And then what is it? Torres and Ivanovic both get sent off in the space of about Gosh, 6 yeah. minutes. Torres was yeah. Torres was definitely unlucky for that. And then we somehow still conspire to be drawing this 2-2 yeah. before Hernandez scores what definitely looked like a bit of an offside yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to all about that. Yeah, we were a bit lucky for uh, was it? Yeah, it was Clattenburg that night. Very lucky for his um, interesting takeoff. Yeah,
1: absolutely. One thing that 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 period that Chelsea did do, of course, I think not just United fans can be grateful for, but um, I think all football fans can be grateful for was the um, Mourinho taking uh, Chelsea to Anfield in his second stint and the Gerrard slip game
0: I mean that two that that, that three2 as well that got the game at Stanford Bridge that is the last time we will beat Chelsea for four and a half years yeah, really which yep yep 20th uh, 28th of October 2012 that win in the Premier League we lost to them in the league Cup which is a, a three days later we played them we lost five four in that mad game uh, and then we played them in the FA Cup, threw away a two-goal lead, and then got beaten in the replay over at Stamford Bridge, got beat 1-0. I
1: was there for that. I was at Stamford Bridge for that one.
0: Yeah, it wasn't much fun, no, was it? Was it? We lost to them then uh, later on in the league at home when the title was already won. We got tonked by Mourinho uh, when Moyes was in charge. Mo- did. Mourinho with the temerity to say, Oh, I'm really pleased for Moyes. I hope you let the rest of us win stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I remember that.
0: The disrespect. The disrespect. Um And at that point, obviously, as you mentioned, that's the season where Mourinho does probably, I mean, what would you rate as higher? The first season in charge where he wins the League Cup and the Europa League as his greatest achievement on behalf of Manchester United or beating them at Anfield?
1: Definitely beating them at Anfield. Beating them at, at Anfield dressed <laughs> as a tramp as well. I mean, he just, you know, he's like, look, dishevelled. He's like, ah, I don't really care. But then he beats them anyway. Brilliant.
0: Yeah, that was great fun. That slip. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, and then it's the Van Har seasons. There's not really a hell of a lot to pull out of those because, again, the United-Chelsea rivalry by that stage is sort of whittled down because Chelsea, admittedly, are doing quite well under Mourinho at least for a season or two until obviously it has that massive bust-up with the club and gets sacked with Chelsea in the relegation zone. And, yeah, we lose to them repeatedly in the league. We have a couple of draws at home at least, but it's not until... The 16th of April, 2017, that we actually beat them again. And that is Mourinho's first victory in charge against Chelsea. That was uh, Ander Herrera's special on Eden Hazard that afternoon. God, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. They they were racing towards the Premier League title. under Mourinho with a very similar style of football that they were managing under his first stint. I, I guess at that stage, I definitely recall, you know, thinking Chelsea deserved it, but I didn't have that same sense that they were building a dynasty or a real something you could hold on to, something that would last for years and years and years at Chelsea, because by that point the the sort of the the short termism of Mourinho had been laid bare after those stints at sort of Inter and Real Madrid, hadn't it? You know, he buys for the now, yeah. builds a very strong team for a couple of seasons, but it always Peters out.
1: Yeah, plus you also had the, the the new the new money in, in Manchester City. Um, you know that there was this new sort of force. Obviously, they'd won a title or a couple of titles, and the, you know a few FA Cups and all the rest of it. So, and there was all there was just a sense over the the, the last few years really that Abramovich has kind of lost a bit of interest. He's still there, but he's not there. Well, I I mean, Abramovich isn't able to actually
0: travel to Britain now, so he can't attend games like he used to. So, obviously, his kind of fixation on Chelsea and his willingness to keep chucking large sums of money at it, especially with Manchester City now as the preeminent spending force in the Premier League, I can imagine it's definitely changed his perception about how important Chelsea is to him.
1: Well he keeps on saying, doesn't he? It doesn't say much, but there keep on being reports that he wants to make, and this is going back quite a few years now, he wants to make them um, self-sufficient, um, but it, yeah, it, they're a strange club, and you said you mentioned earlier they're, they're a strange club. Difficult to hate, certainly difficult to love. They're just kind of, meh, you know. Like yeah, Chelsea—they do their thing. There's no real loyalty to any managers or players or whatever. You know, it's just kind of ruthless, short-termism. A bit like us. They just—they just sort of fallen away, really. And they're in a very strange period at the moment with Frank Lampard. Obviously, they weren't allowed to make any transfers um, last summer, and is Lampard the right man for the job? We don't really know yet. And and like us, it feels like Liverpool and City are just quite a long way ahead of them, really. Not just in terms of points, but in terms of their kind of evolution, footballing evolution at the moment. So
0: Yeah, well, I think there's a lot to suggest that we're in some of the stages, really, aren't we? Yeah, you know, absolutely. You look at the fact that they've given the job to uh, maybe not massively inexperienced, but you know, intermediary level managers in the sense, yeah. of obviously, you know, and intermediary managers who are former players. Yeah, they obviously Chelsea have had that transfer ban, so uh, but Lampard's obviously had to think quite creatively in terms of the players that he's able to bring in. You know, he's done pretty well with the likes of Tammy Abraham and Cal Hudson Adoy. You know, they've got Mason Mount as well. They've got a a good crop of young players and I have never been able to say that when watching Chelsea. And it is at least good for the England team even obviously this is a very tenuous link it's good for them at least that there's actually a crop of English players coming from Chelsea because it's been a long time since you've been able to say that and you look at United now obviously there's this British core that's accented by the likes of Martial and Pogba, De Gea we're building there's a sense that we're building something similar but I've got a feeling United might get there first United at the minute are looking a more attractive prospect. And again, you know, you look at the way the rivalry's shaked out over the last couple of years. They haven't beaten us since that awful, awful FA Cup final at the end of May in 2018. Yeah. Oh, good grief. That was in Mourinho's second season, and that was where things were really starting to fall apart. So, actually, before we can start talking about the nice things and the fact that we've won three times in a row at Stamford Bridge after years of not getting anything from there. We do have to discuss that awful final at the end of Mourinho's second season. Uh, you know, it it was horrible.
1: Yeah, it was, it was Phil mean, Jones wasn't it? Phil Jones foul.
0: Yeah, on Eden Hazard. Hazard. Yeah, and you know, it it's was like at the end of game. such. Well, it was at the end of such a rubbish, rubbish season. Yeah, you know, we'd already long seeded the title to City. You know, back in December when we had that awful performance and fell eight points behind them, yeah. we'd bowed out so limply and so weakly in the Champions League to Sevilla. And, you know, the FA Cup was one thing to hold on to at that stage, but we just couldn't get it together. You know, Mourinho was insistent that Marcus Rashford basically had to fulfil the Romelu Lukaku role. And he was yeah. never going to be able to do it. And it was a rubbish game. It was a rubbish final. Chelsea sat back with that 1-0 lead under Conte, And there it was. You know, it was very difficult to get anything you know, even remotely positive out of it. It was a crap season, and I was so glad when it was over. Oh, but it was at such least, a bad season, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, at least over the course of the last year, we've had some fun there. You know, that was the last time Chelsea beat us, and that was the best part of two years ago. So yeah. we've had a 2-2 draw with them in the league following when Martial got to, beating the FA Cup 2-0 with goals from, I believe it was, I want to say Herrera and Pogba. And I'm right. So that's fine. <laughs> and then we drew one all with them at home. Remember Dave made that awful, awful error when we were still yeah. going for the Champions League spot at home at the end of last oh, season. Yeah, God yeah. When Sarri was in charge and Marcos Alonso was getting the goal and Juan scored yeah. in front of them. Um and then and no
1: one wanted to get to the fourth place, did they? It was just like no. someone get the fourth place, for God's sake.
0: Yeah, I mean that's an interesting thing to discuss as well Juan Mata before we uh, finish up and we'll just talk about these these last three games that we've been involved in the 4-0 at the start of this season was a bit of a, a suggestion that United could actually build something great for this next 12 months which is kind of right, just a little bit late um, yeah. the League Cup victory where Rashford scored that incredible free oh, kick so in front of the away end and then that relatively routine if a bit mad uh, 2-0 victory in the Premier League where Martial scores a great header and then Bruno Fernandes proves that a Manchester United player can finally break the curse and deliver a good corner for Harry Maguire to score. Meaning we haven't l- lost to them in six games. We have won four and drawn two. What a, yes, I mean, we, we've for such of a terrible record at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, yeah. Having had such an awful record against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. It feels quite weird to be... Enjoying a different dynamic, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. I, I think the four uh, nil in the first game of the season at Old Trafford. Um, I think it, we were a bit flattered by the scoreline for a start, and in a way, it was it was kind of um, it was obviously great. You always want to, you always want to win, and to win by four 0 nil against like a, a bit of a rival was great. But it was I think it kind of maybe gave some United fans a bit of, of too much false hope, but then. I think Solskjaer's just had Lampard's number, really. He he, he just he outwitted him on each occasion. Mm. That one, we were just, you know, all right, the, the scoreline flattered us in that one, but we deserve to win it. I think we deserve to win every single game that we've played against him this season. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously Solskjaer's record against the big teams is good and even against the big managers is good. And I think um, he's, he's shown real astuteness against Lampard on all three occasions. So, mm. fair play to him.
0: Right. Worst memory and favourite memory?
1: Uh, God, worst memory, I suppose, off the top of my head, I would, I would probably say that after Cup final because it was just so limp and pathetic and horrible. And like you say, it came away from it just feeling so grim. Um, and obviously, best memory, Champions League. Yeah, yeah. 2008.
0: Well, shockingly enough, that's my one as well. Uh, the worst yeah. one, I think, I would perhaps go for just because it felt so. Not hum. Well, I mean, there was an element of humiliation in that three nil in two thousand and six because they yeah. just waltzed to the title with such ease, and United looked so far behind. You know, we yeah. we had endured an awful turbulent season, obviously with Keane going and Van Nistelrooy unhappy. I didn't know where United could go next, and obviously a lot of very good things were going to happen in the coming years. But try telling United fans that at that point. Yeah, no good shout Nice one. All right, Paul. Well, I think that's it. Yeah, man, great stuff right everyone thanks for joining us this week hope you've enjoyed yourselves and we've got time for a few more of these retro episodes before the Premier League kicks back into life in June in the meantime don't forget to follow us on Twitter at, at Red Voices MUSC. you can find me at AttackDewinLennart and Paul at PaulGunning1 final note and just a reminder that this week's episode was brought in to you in association with the Pitch Sport app head on over to Google and Apple Play Store to download, set up your ideal starting 11 challenge your mates and predict these upcoming fixtures that's all from us take care, we'll see you soon, bye